SEP Fanfic Readings presents The Journal by Mezzi. Chapter 33 Hermione sat in the swing in the middle of the garden on the roof of Draco's house. She had her knees pulled up to her chest and her bare feet rested on the seat cushion in front of her. She stared at the engagement ring that circled her finger. She twirled it around her finger, took it off and examined it, and put it right back where it was before releasing a long, deep sigh. She had been sitting there for over an hour, thinking, contemplating. Two weeks had passed since Draco had given her the ring. Two weeks since the magical night that had led him to propose to her in a muggle restaurant. Two weeks of bliss as they planned their life together. Then reality had to come crashing in on them. The Daily Prophet had somehow gotten their greasy little hands on the photos she had taken. Photos of the intimate moments they shared after she had agreed to become his wife. She had sat down to breakfast a few hours earlier and opened the forsaken paper to see an image of herself and Draco, dressed in beautiful clothes, dancing in a hotel room. He spun her away, only to pull her back into his arms. Their lips met in a heated kiss. The ring glistened against his blonde hair. A second picture in the corner showed a close-up of her hand, with the Malfoy family ring prominently displayed. The headline read, The Malfoy family pure-blood line to come to an end? The article that followed had painted her as a gold digger after the Malfoy fortune. She didn't care how the slimeball reporters at the Prophet classified her. She could not care less what they said about her, nor what anyone reading thought of her as a result. What really bothered her, though, were the pictures. She had watched the moving picture repeat itself over and over again for several long minutes. It was a beautiful picture. It was a beautiful moment. They both looked to be nothing but happy. They looked like they were in love. They were, of course. It was so evident to anyone that was paying attention. She absolutely loved the picture, and she absolutely hated that it was printed on the front cover of a gossip rag and being viewed by half of the country. She hadn't even seen the picture herself until she had seen it printed in black and white. She dropped her film off at a reputable developer two days earlier and hadn't even picked the pictures up yet. Draco had taken one look at the paper, one look at her, then stormed out of the dining room. He returned a few minutes later, fully dressed and with a fire in his eyes. "'I'll be back in a little bit,' he growled from the doorway. A minute later, the flu activated and he was gone. She hadn't heard from him since. It wasn't a good day for her, health-wise. She couldn't go track him down and find out where he was or what he was doing. So instead, she sat on the swing in the garden, listening to the birds sing and letting the wind push her hair gently back and forth. Soon, her eyes began to droop shut, and she found herself falling into a deep sleep. Draco could feel the anger boiling deep inside as he strode through the hallways of the building that housed the Daily Prophet. He tamped it down, well aware that he could not afford to lose his temper. Especially not there, in the lion's den, so to speak. He entered the main office and headed directly towards the office of one of the most vile women he had ever known. And he had known some extraordinarily vile people in his life. Rita Skeeter was sitting behind her desk humming to herself as she worked diligently on her next article of lies and deceit. She raised her head and looked at him as he waltzed into her office and sat down across from her. For a second, he could have sworn he saw fear flash through her eyes. Draco, darling, she exclaimed in her falsely chipper voice. To what do I owe the pleasure? She smiled at him and batted her lashes. He didn't answer her at first. He let the question hang in the air until she squirmed in her seat and her smile faltered. Where did you get the picture? 
he asked finally. Oh, dear, I receive hundreds of pictures every day. Her smile returned in full force. You'll have to be more specific than that. He raised his eyebrow and continued to stare at her with an icy gaze. She nervously pushed her hair behind her ear and adjusted the quill sitting on the desk in front of her. Congratulations are in order, then, she asked. Would you care to make a formal statement? Her quill jumped off the desk and poised itself over a blank sheet of parchment. Where did you get that picture? The quill and parchment fell back onto the desk. The smile dropped from her face and she shifted uncomfortably. You know I can't reveal my sources. He leaned forward in his seat. I'm going to make this simple for you. He dropped his voice so that she had to lean forward as well. That picture was not taken by one of your paparazzi. It was stolen. So either you name your source, or I will have you arrested for theft. It is completely up to you. He leaned back and crossed his ankle over his knee in a nonchalant manner. Her eyes widened, and this time he was sure he saw fear there. Stolen! She gasped dramatically. That's impossible. I'll ask nicely one more time. If you don't answer me, my next step is the Ministry, to obtain a warrant for your arrest. He pulled the morning's paper out of his back pocket and dropped it on the desk in front of her. Where did you get that photograph? He tapped the newspaper for emphasis and let a little more of his anger bleed into his ice-cold voice. Honestly, she said with a flippant laugh, I thought you would be more upset about the article than the picture. It's a beautiful picture of the two of you. The article was trash, Rita, just like everything else you write. He sighed and stood to leave. I'll be back with that warrant. Wait! She looked down at the paper, then back up at him. You truly love her, don't you? He didn't answer, and she didn't expect him to. She closed her eyes and sighed deeply, rubbing at her temples before looking at him once again. You must be mistaken, she said dismissively. Her ex's sister assured me the photo was not stolen when she gave it to me. She then returned to the work spread out in front of her. Draco nodded once in understanding. Maybe you should start checking your sources before you're going to print. Good day, Rita. He turned on his heel and left with as much purpose as he had when he arrived. He didn't see her watching him as he left. Nor did he see her quill jump up and begin furiously scratching against her parchment. Reluctantly, Ron stepped into the shabby living room of his childhood home. In the kitchen, he could hear his mother ordering around his siblings. In the backyard, he could hear laughter from his young nieces filtering through the windows. From the workshop, he could hear his father tinkering away on some muggle contraption or another. All in all, it felt like home. He took a deep breath and just relished the peace of the moment. It had been several long weeks since he had joined his family for Sunday brunch. It had been before Hermione had broken up with him and his entire life had gone to shite. He walked into the kitchen and saw George and Ginny setting up the table, while Fleur helped Molly set up the food. The smells made his stomach rumble. Ron, you made it! Molly stopped what she was doing to give him a hug. How are you? He swallowed thickly. That was a loaded question if he had ever heard one. I'm good, Mum. Anything I can do to help? He glanced around, knowing that full well that everything was already taken care of. No, no. We've got it now. You can help clean up after, yes? She patted his arm and steered him toward the seat. 
A few minutes later, the table filled as the family gathered around the food. Molly and Arthur sat at either end of the table. Down one side was Percy, Ginny, Charlie, and George. Next to Ron was Bill, Fleur, and Angelina. The little girls were in their playpen, happily playing with a charmed stuffed dragon. The conversation around the table wasn't quite as animated as it usually was. Harry was noticeably absent, as was Hermione, although, truth be told, she had missed several Sunday brunches even before they had broken up. In the months leading up to their split, she had done nothing but work. He should have been there helping her. Instead, he had ignored her subtle pleas for help. "'Have they had any luck figuring out who cursed you?' Bill asked halfway through his chicken and noodles. The whole family stopped and turned to look at him, curious themselves and eager to hear the answer. "'They have a couple suspects, I think, but I don't know who.' He shrugged his shoulders and picked at the food on his plate. "'They won't let me be involved in the investigation, but I'm going back to work tomorrow, so that will be good.' "'I always thought it was strange, you know,' Angelina broke the silence. "'But you two stayed together when you obviously didn't... mesh.' Ron was surprised to hear her say that. She had never said anything of the kind to him before. "'Well, of course we all thought it, dear,' Molly gave a short laugh. Ron glanced around the table and saw that most of the occupants were nodding their heads in agreement. "'Didn't want to say anything, just in case there was something there we didn't see, you know?' Charlie continued. "'Yeah, well—' Thanks a lot for that. He pushed the food around on his plate. The whole situation hit him again, and sadness filled his heart. His own family had recognized that something was off, but had done nothing to stop it. It was just as Weasley's a happy-go-lucky sort, you know. And Hermione, she's, well, not, George pointed out as he helped himself to another plate of potatoes. I get it, George. I just don't know who would have done this to me. To us. He shrugged his shoulders as he continued to pick at his food. They turned me into a monster, and why? What was the point? He shoved his plate away and stood from the table. You are not a monster! Ginny rolled her eyes at him, likely thinking he was just being overly dramatic. He stared at her for a long moment. Was she serious? How could she possibly think that? Did she even know what had happened? Did she know that he had physically hurt Hermione? that he had kidnapped her and locked her in a dungeon for days. You didn't do anything wrong. If you had, the minister would not have dropped the charges against you. She continued to eat the chocolate pudding on her plate without even looking at him. You have no idea what you are talking about. He could feel every eye in the room staring at him. Even his sister had finally looked up from her plate. The charges were dropped because she insisted on it. Because when I had her locked in a cage... She promised me she wouldn't let me go to Azkaban if I turned myself in. That is the only reason I'm a free man right now. And I'll tell you right now, she might have forgiven me for the things I've done. But I don't know that I will ever forgive myself. He turned to walk away. He was almost to the doorway when Ginny's voice stopped him. You're a fool. He stopped and turned slowly towards the table to glare at her. No, Jin. If you can't see the things that I did while under that curse were very, very wrong— then you are a fool. He shook his head in disbelief. Perhaps his sister was even further gone than he had thought. You were in love with her. You obviously still are. Instead of taking advantage of the situation, you pushed her away, right into the arms of Malfoy of all people. The room fell silent for a moment. Then she dropped a copy of the Daily Prophet on the table. The picture on the front immediately caught his attention. 
There, in black and white, was a picture of Hermione in a long gown, smiling as she danced with Malfoy. There, on her finger, was an engagement ring. He watched the image repeat over and over again. He swallowed thickly and focused only on her. The smile that broke out across her face brought a sense of peace through his heart. Despite everything, she had found happiness. Everyone sitting there at the table held their breath as they waited for his reaction. None of them expected him to smile. You don't get it, Chin. She was always my friend. I was never in love with her. Malfoy is good for her. She deserves to be happy, just like me, just like Harry. Ginny's face reddened in anger. Harry was happy! He was happy with me, and she had to go fuck it all up! Magic crackled in the air around her. You're delusional. He wasn't happy. He was cursed. He didn't even want to be with you. The temperature in the room dropped significantly. Ginny's eyes narrowed as she glared across the room at her brother. You take that back, Ronald! Her voice was cold, and he could see her fingers twitching toward her wand. Stop it now, both of you, Molly said as sternly as she could. Neither one of them were listening to her, though. Fleur moved quickly to get the children out of the playpen and safely into the other room. Everyone else pushed themselves back from the table and prepared to watch a battle over the top of their leftover dinner. Whoever did this, whoever cursed us, they didn't do it with our best interest at heart, Jin. They did it to control us. They took away our free will. Harry loved me, Ron. We belonged together. I couldn't let that, that, that mudblood take him away from me. It was perfect. The plan was perfect. Until that bitch found a way to break the charm. Gasp echoed through the room. In a heartbeat, Ron's wand was out and pointing across the table at his sister. You did this to me? To us, he growled. In all his life, he didn't think he had ever been so angry or so disgusted. Hate is a strong word, but in that moment, he truly hated his sister with every fiber of his being. Don't you see that I had to? Her eyes flitted around the room, looking for anyone in her family that would back her up. It was the only way to keep her away from him. Silence. It was probably the only time in the history of the Weasley family that the dining room was full and completely, utterly silent at the same time. No one moved. No one spoke. No one even took a breath for a good, long moment. The fire. At Myony's flat. Was that you, too? She crossed her arms over her chest defiantly. So what if it was? She wasn't even there. No harm, no foul. Her hip jutted out to the side and she flipped her hair back over her shoulder. No harm. People died in that fire. Angelina spoke up in disbelief. Muggles. Who cares? Ginny rolled her eyes. Ginevra! Molly sobbed. What is wrong with you? What, mother? She convinced Harry to break up with me. She was going to try to steal him from me again. I couldn't let that happen. He is mine! Ron cleared his throat to get his sister's attention back to himself. Ginevra Weasley. You are under arrest. Ron spoke quietly but firmly as he stepped forward. You can't arrest me, she replied haughtily. You're still on leave until tomorrow. At that moment, three figures simultaneously dropped their concealment charms and became visible to the room. On either side of Ron emerged Harry and Draco. Blaze appeared behind Ginny. Perhaps he can't, Miss Weasley, Blaze growled in her ear as he secured both of her arms behind her back. 
but I assure you, I can. Hermione woke from her nap when she felt Draco gently shaking her shoulder. Her eyes fluttered open, and it took her a moment to remember where she was. Draco? she asked sleepily. Where have you been? Here, sit up. He helped her sit so he could get down next to her. She stretched and rubbed her sleep out of her eyes. I see you didn't get any of my messages. The journal had fallen off the swing and laid face up on the floor of the gazebo. The front cover glowed gently. No, I guess I didn't. Draco wrapped his arm around her shoulder and held her against his chest. I have big news. He paused for a moment. Ginny Weasley confessed to all of it. She tensed, then pulled away from him so she could look into his eyes. All of what? Everything. She cursed all of you. She set fire to your apartment. She stole the pictures and sold them to the Daily Prophet. Her eyes blinked several times as she digested that information. It wasn't a huge shock. She had long suspected that Jin was behind it. She actually confessed. She did. You're safe now. She's going to Azkaban for a very long time. She leaned back against him. I've been safe since that first night, when you took a chance and wrote to me in the journal. He gently tilted her chin up, and his lips met hers in a slow kiss. On Monday morning, the Daily Prophet was delivered during breakfast as always. On the top of page one, there was a picture of Ginny being led into the ministry in handcuffs. Blaze held her left arm. Harry held her right arm. Draco and Ron could be seen following behind her. Her eyes screamed desperation. Tears ran down her face. Her hair flew around her face as she fought her captors every step of the way. The headline read, Weasley Daughter Confesses. A second picture showed the fire at Hermione's building. Draco glanced at the pictures but didn't read the article. Then he flipped the paper open to page two. Hermione walked up behind him just as he turned the page, so they both saw the picture spread that covered both pages. Oh, Merlin, she muttered as she leaned over his shoulder. There, in black and white, were pictures of each of them throughout the years. Pictures of Draco on the left page, pictures of Hermione on the right, culminating in one full-color picture across the middle of the page of Draco on one knee in front of her holding the Malfoy rings in his hand as he proposed to her in a muggle restaurant. Despite all obstacles, Draco Malfoy and Hermione Granger find love. Hermione sat down next to him slowly as they both read through the article. It was surprisingly comprehensive and accurate as the writer described how Draco had been raised in a pure-blood household that supported he who must not be named, while Hermione had been raised by muggles until she was discovered she was a witch. She went on to describe how they had fought on opposite sides of the war, but in the end, Draco had switched sides. She then speculated how they may have ended up together after all. The article ended with a special note directed at the two of them. This author would like to extend her sincere congratulations to this fine, upstanding young couple. Best wishes for your future, that you may lead a long and happy life together. R.S.